Welcome back and welcome to a brand new series of coming out stories from What Goes On Media. I'm your host, Emma Goswell. Since we started this podcast way back in 2018, we've interviewed nearly 100 people from across the LGBTQ plus spectrum and from right across the world. There's been laughter, there's been tears and we've met some extraordinarily brave people along the way. We've heard a lot of talk about parents on this podcast. Let's be honest, not always flattering, but we've never heard from parents themselves until now. For this series, we're turning the concept on its head and hearing from those people who are on the receiving end of the coming out conversation. Normal service will be resumed next series, but for now, it's time to meet the parents. First up, you're going to hear from Supermum Annie. She's the proud parent of a seven-year-old daughter who came out to her as trans. Here she is telling me all about B. My mum always described her as unique. She was just different. I always said she was like a little old man. When she came out, I looked at her because I had a C-section and I watched it so I could have that connection. You know, you hear these stories of people saying they just felt floods of love and I didn't. I just was like, oh, it's you. I know you. It was like a recognition. Like we'd always been friends. Yeah, she's just a very unique creature. <laughs> she's brilliant. She's brilliant. And how old is she now? She'll be seven in a couple of weeks. Oh, right. So still really young. And it sounds like in those seven years, you've both been on a bit of a learning journey together. Yeah. Well, I, I had a fantastic mum. And throughout my life, the things that were difficult in my life, she just believed me when things when people didn't. And that saved my life. So I decided when I had kids, I would just believe the things that were important. So, yeah, we just kind of we've traveled together. Yeah, I've just always sort of gone with what she wanted to do. And I, in hindsight, I think because I'm not feminine was the reason why things didn't show earlier. But when I look at pictures, they did. I just didn't think anything of it because I was just a bit like, wear whatever you want, do whatever you want. And what were the first signs for you then that um, maybe B was going to be trans or questioning gender at least? Yeah. The first big one but then I look back, there was more, was when she was three, we were just went, there was a shop closing at the town where my mum lives. I was there with my friend and I just said, well, do you want anything? It was a posh shop that was going, you know, they were shutting down. So everything was really cheap. And she said, can I have that? And she pointed to this spotty red and white flamenco-y type dress. And I was like, well, are you going to wear it? Was my main thing because it was spending money. And she just said, yes. And she did. And my ex's, my ex-in-laws didn't, do very well with it um but my family were just like okay and then she just wore it all the time and it's quite raggedy now so she wore it to nursery people didn't really think anything of it and then she just asked for more skirts and more and it kind of just gradually went down then she wanted girls pants and, and wanted to design clothes oh creative then yeah so we would design them together so she would pick material and um I, i'm fortunate i've got friends who are in the sort of low sort of more quirky fashion industry rather than the raw. So they were able to send me material and we designed the clothes and make them together. So she made a Thomas Tank Engine skirt because she was like, I like Thomas Tank Engine, but there's no skirts. Do you know what? That's so unique, isn't it? I love yeah. that. That's just so, that's really non-binary actually, isn't it? A Thomas yeah. a tank, a tank Engine skirt. How cool. And then like a Thunderbirds one and space ones. And so I just kind of went with it and it just kind of went from there. And then we moved house. When we moved, she just said, I want nothing that's to do with being a boy. I don't want any of my boys clothes. So she... Did that and at school when she first started at school because she's quite into routine and what rules are she thought she had to wear boys school uniform but she wore pink hair clips she wore pink dot martins and more girls pants 
Ah, but you said she went to primary school and no one thought anything of it. Did nobody, nobody no, say nursery it? As well. no. Nursery school. It was a really big nursery school. She's quite sure of herself. So the bullies never really bullied her. She used to get cross about the bullying that happened because the, the nursery school she went to was so biz, busy. So if it happened, she would stand up for them. And sometimes she'd just say they kicked me in the face, but I just kept on getting up because they were hurting such and such. But they didn't get at her. I remember we were we used to live in a flat which had a communal garden which was great and I started recording her because she was just being a badass and these girls were going well girls don't wear dresses and she was like well they do wear dresses girls and boys can wear dresses and she was saying well my daddy doesn't wear a dress and she was like well how do you know maybe he does we, we couldn't and she was just justifying herself and then she outed me from my giant nappies for my period to the whole place because she was like sometimes growing up wear nappies and I was like oh brilliant really glad that you just <laughs> outed me as well and I had it on recording as well which was <laughs> But she's always, because she was just like, not fussed about it. If people said you're wearing a skirt, she'd be like, yep. It, no, she's just never been bullied. But that is probably, I mean, I'm no psychologist or expert, but it's bec- it may be because you were so supportive. And, you know, I've spoken to a lot of trans people who, as soon as they mentioned something when they were very young, they were told, that's not happening, that's ridiculous, boys don't wear dresses, boys don't wear skirts, be quiet, you know. Well, that's what her dad did. Her dad said, boys don't wear dresses, you are wrong. And I shouted it for that. And then his mum said to me, you know, you can walk around with a boy in a dress, but I can't. So she would allow her to dress like that in her house, but not out and about. And she'd say this in front of her. Mm. Um, so she's had that. And as a result, she's cut her dad out of her life. And actually the courts won't allow her dad to see her because of this behaviour. Although he's sort of trying. He, well, he's, I say he's trying. He refuses to, to call her by her pronouns and was caught telling our youngest, her little sister, sorry, to call her a him. Oh. He was saying, it's your brother, it's your brother. And she was three at the time. And she was like, no, it's my sister. And he was trying to get her to say it. And so it's really quite dark, manipulative stuff. And then the accusations were that I was making her dress. as like a form of child abuse, like Munchausen by proxy. Well, I mean, I remember um, back in the day when the tabloids were even worse than they are nowadays, and the mainstream media was even more anti-trans. And that was always the accusation, all these awful parents and it was always mothers who were told off yeah. they? the mothers are making them wear dresses or wear, making them dress in the wrong gender it was always the women the mothers wasn't it that were blamed yeah. i was thinking that this morning and i was just like you just put your pants on to school and they won't and it, you know i can't get them to clean their room i can't even get her to sleep in her own bed at the moment she keeps on sneaking into my bed and i even have from family members some family members saying you know it's fine but don't let her do it outside don't put it on social media i mean i'm not on social media anymore i haven't been for a couple of years but mm. i wouldn't put like this is my son wearing a dress but she'd just be in photos and dresses because that's what you wore and people saying don't do that don't let her outside and do it and i'm like why because that's then i'm i am subconsciously telling her that who she feels like she is is wrong and i don't want to give her that kind of feeling and both my kids are very sure about themselves how do you think you had that understanding straight away? Because, you know, a lot of parents ha- haven't had that and have been really confused or... It's not my life. Not me. It isn't my life. How I can't stop someone in the street and say, you know, that dress looks stupid. Or why are you wearing that? This isn't my life. It's their life. Even if it was a phase, you know, I would have let them have that phase. For me to, you know, to kind of see them as an extension of me, other than when they're rude in public which they aren't <laughs> it's that kind of I just I just never thought of it as being my business other than to kind of encourage and protect who they were both my kids have no there's no body dysmorphia there's gender dysmorphia in B I mean P is a, a, a cisgender girl 
very girly, very long hair that she really cut and loves hairstyles, but she's a motorhead. She loves, always wants to be a, a race car driver. Um, always. And she's got a set of drums. She's brilliant on the drums. She loves, she and I listen to Queen records and she hammers them out. And, but she's also, she does like pink and she'll turn things. She likes to play where she's the mummy and I'm the baby. So she has a real kind of mixture, but I was into cars when I was her age. And then B is very, she I means she loves books, she loves dress design, but she also loves trains and rockets and space and science. So both of them just kind of like everything. But you probably agree that neither of those things should be gendered anyway, should they really? Yeah, well, that was something she taught me. She's taught me so much because she would look at signs. She learned to read really young and she'd be like, why is it boys and girls? And she was kind of like saying that like, duh, it's things, it's objects. Why are you genderizing them? But she just blew my mind because she's completely right. Yeah. We don't, I mean, we do have men's and women's stuff, but there's less of it. She sounds like she was born with a very wise head on her, like you said. Yeah, she is. I mean, she is, she's an old soul. I mean, the things mm. she's out with are so profound because I kind of want her to understand the difficulties. I mean, I always tell the difficulties of being a woman. They came on the um, suffragettes march with me when P was a baby and B at that time was wearing, she'd just come back from rugby and her pink, her pink trainers and butterfly wings. Hmm. And I so I always talk about that, but I said, you know, it's going to be hard for me and P, but for you, you're a trans woman. It is going to be a tougher challenge. And she said, I know, because I say, look, a lot of the people don't care. There is a small percentage of people who do care and they shout the loudest and they are the most unkind. And she says, like my dad. And I said, well, yes, you have that. You'll have the people that do that. We were sat in the car because they talk in the car. And she just said, do you wish you'd never met dad? And I was like, no, because I'd never have you guys. She just said, but if you hadn't met him, we wouldn't have existed. We wouldn't knew he existed. We wouldn't miss you. You wouldn't miss me. We wouldn't know. And we wouldn't be going through this pain. So it wouldn't affect us. And I was like, and I was like, and I just went, I still choose you. I always choose you. But afterwards, I just had to sort of steady myself because... That was her thought process. That, and, and that's how she thought about it. And it wasn't about me. She, you know, she wasn't like, oh, we didn't have me. She didn't. She acted in a way that kind of adults can't think. And it just blows my mind. Very philosophical. Yeah. It shows she thinks about stuff a lot. So that must have been a difficult few years, I guess, when your ex-partner was just not accepting her gender at all. Very difficult to live with, I guess. So that has been quite, it has, that bit's been hard, but I've just sort of stuck to my guns and I've stuck listening to my mum and listening to sort of, I mean, we've always been transparent with all the agencies involved in our lives. The school has been great. We live in a tiny school. So they did things like recently, they changed the toilet system. So it's just years. There's no gender on the toilets. Oh, wow. And they did that for, because of me? Or, or yeah, well, kids, we talked about it because of me. And then they said they'd been in another school with a non-binary kid and they'd done a similar thing. So they thought it just makes sense. And she is stealth now so she doesn't want people to know who don't know her and she can get away with it so she has her hair in plaits um ah. and then we sat together and we designed trans pants mini trans pants for her which have, again I use my fashion friends to help me which have got sort of meshing in so it flattens but then it's got like memory foam so it isn't uncomfortable so it kind of gives the illusion of girls parts if, if some horrible child was to lift up her skirt out of curiosity. Mm. And she said when we put them on, she was like, I look like I've got a nunny, which is what her and her sister call it. Um, <laughs> so she wears them. I've just made her a few pairs of those and she wears them. And then she, I also made her some like sort of shy, cycling shorts as well. So she feels a bit more comfortable then. But it just looks, if you lifted up her skirt, you wouldn't see anything. Not that anybody should be looking at my children's genitals, but you know, it's that for her, that's what she thought. And I kind of had to go, right, this is what you're worried about. How can we fix it in a way that is non-intrusive, really discreet, 
So that's what we did. It's interesting that that isn't out there, that, you know, the, the big manufacturers aren't thinking about this, are they? You're having to do your own well, sort of thing, aren't you, really? I do happen to know people who own underwear company who I'm really good friends with, and they sort of said, this is something we would like to do, we just haven't got the time. And I said, well, let's talk again. And what I'm doing is working with other families of primary age kids, because a lot of primary aged trans kids, mm. it's not unheard of. And we're trying to create literature and things like that. I've been speaking with a local fashion school and want to to basically encourage trans students to help out for the kids as well. And with that, I'm just going to give them the template that I made up. So rather than selling it, the idea of having a big company and selling things makes me want to weep, but giving them the skills to do it themselves and go, right, this is it. And also getting them to sit down um, because I only have an experience of a transgender girl. I don't have a transgender boy and say, okay, you tell us what you need. You tell us what you think about in the morning when you go out and get dressed what is your fear and then just take that away but give them the skills to do it because I don't know I I mean I know I don't like people thinking about my boobs because I've got big boobs that that's the first thing I do is I try and cover that up Mm. but I'm lucky enough to be in the right gender so I can't imagine what it would feel like to have that so it sounds like your um the the school that bees at is very progressive and understanding so they never they never questioned um pronouns or or there was never any issues with not calling it by the name she chose well, no, because uh, it was her nickname before. It's always been her nickname, so it's quite easy. The issue we had was because I was so terrified of their dad and the accusations he was making, I didn't give her the, which I regret now, I didn't give her the sort of the, the knowledge of transgender but non-binary because I was so frightened that he would say that I'd done it on purpose. And actually it was a teacher who said it because she started to, she sort of did these drawings and drew her body and said, this is my body, it's a boy, and then drew her heart and said, my heart is a girl. Therefore, I'm a goy. And so then she went to the school and she stood up and said, please call me a goy from now on. So the teacher would go, boys and girls and goy. And then I realised that actually by being so scared of him, their dad, not saying anything, that I was isolating her further and making her think she was the only person who was like this in the world. So then we went home and we researched every gender fluid individual. I mean, she she loves Queen anyway and Freddie Mercury. And then we looked at David Bowie and we looked at like there was a... Um, a surgeon in the 17th century who they only found out was male when they did her post-mortem um, yeah. and I know it was always like a male role but it wasn't it was more than that that's who she how she felt and it's just we just went sort of nose diving into it she keeps asking if we can watch RuPaul and I said there's too many bad words and, <laughs> and then she was, was like well, yeah. why can't they just do can't they like make the honking sound like they're doing below deck and I said because it would just be all honking sounds you wouldn't be able to hear anything that was happening for her, if she sees, if we walk around Edinburgh, if there's a shop which has got the, the pride flag, she'll shop in there. She prefers to go in there. And it's something she's drawn to. And if there was one place that had um, trans friendly, so she ran in and was like, can I have a drink, please? I'm trans. And it was just a cafe. So she loves finding her people and her tribe. And she loves talking about it with people she feels safe. And she's really clear that she wants her story to be something that helps others like her. I mean, your podcast really saved me because when I, it was locked down and all this was happening and I was getting all these accusations from family and not very many family, I listened to all your stories and none of them kind of were like, oh, I didn't know at this age. All of them knew and so many were stifled and the damage it did. Mm. So for me, it was so, it really, really helped me go, I'm doing the right thing because you do need that. I think pretty much, I mean, I've spoken to people that have come out a lot later in life, but pretty much every single person I've talked to has known from the age of three or four, as long as, which is basically when you can remember from, isn't it? So it's all, it's your living memory. You always know, I think. Well, that's the thing. You you learn when you study children, because I work with children um, in my my work. So I, you know, I've done lots of 
modules and studying of children in biology, that, that's the age kids know gender. Three years old, they know gender. Mm-hmm. So why challenge it when they say that they're not the gender they have been assigned at birth? That's your opinion then, going, no, 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 you're wrong. And it's really interesting that they kind of say that's what a child knows gender. It's such an underground world of so many people. And when I w- went for support in this area, the kind of hoops I had to go through to prove who I was because of the dangers was devastating. And there's so many. And then there's all these people who are cisgendered, and not all the cisgender people, but some people who are kind of just don't like this. They like the normal people. They like people to look like this. Um, I mean, I get grief because I don't, I've never been like girly. It's not who I've been. I've always been quite driven. I've always dressed like I've found my clothes a dustbin. Um, <laughs> and it's just who I am. I've not been, you know, I cut my own hair. I don't wear much makeup. And I've always been critiqued for that. The thought that always goes through my head when these conversations is like, why do other people care so much? Why what do does it matter? What are they bothered about? What, what, why are they threatened in some way by what other people, you know, how people choose to identify or who people choose to love? I've never, ever understood it, I have to say. No, neither have I. I don't get it. And I just, it's, I mean, I've had some of the parents in school have been really great. Some, I mean, some of them have just been, that's fine, but they don't really talk about it with me and have sort of gradually got there. But the ones I really liked were the ones who said, I don't get it, please explain it. Yeah. And I really liked that because they were like, oh. And I just said, the only way I can think about it is think about the thing that you hate most about yourself, the thing you're most self-conscious about. Now have a conversation with someone you've just met and they keep on pointing it out to you over and over again. That is what I imagine it must be like my kid when you gender them wrong. Yep. You were just pointing out the one thing they hate the most over and over again. And they were like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, you, you know, you're at a party wearing an outfit that shows your stomach or your is too tight. But imagine that's every single day and it's your it's your body. And that's the way I think to do it. And it was really weird the other day. I called her her brother, which I haven't done for like years. I was like, oh, where's that come from? And it was really weird. She's like, don't worry. You no, know, you can make mistakes. I was like, but where does it come from? Because for a long time, she was grother. Before she became sister. I've never heard of being a grow or a, or a grother. A yeah. boy or a grother. Well, that was a boy, her, that's her beautiful brain to go, okay, I'm not a boy, I'm not a girl, what am I? And I hadn't given yeah. her the information. I then, yeah. you know, bought every book going. and. Well, that's the benefit now, isn't it? There is so much more information out there. There are great books out there for kids. Has she met any other trans kids then at all? Yeah, well, so the books-wise, there are some. That's why we're working on working with these families. There's some. It kind of goes from, like, this is Ben. Ben likes to wear a dress. This is Kate. She has short hair straight to sort of 16 year olds right there's a bit in between the primary age in between because like b was like where's the books about the girls the penis where's that mm. so she's met them online unfortunately because of all the meetup in the groups so we've met a lot of kids online with zooms and then there's a really good podcast i don't know if you've uh, heard of it it's called how to be a girl by marlo mack no and it's an american woman and she followed her so her daughter is now 13 but when she was three she started talking about being a girl so I started listening to that and I contacted her. So she and I email and she's under a pseudonym as well. So we listen to that together sometimes as well. And that's really, and that was great because she basically acts the same as every trans girl I know. Although she's the only one I know who's just not interested in boys or girls. She's just not really fussed. She kind of said she doesn't want kids because they seem like a lot. Of, she said they're very noisy and I won't be able to do what I want. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be a fantastic aunt. <laughs> And I'd like to live near you, but not with you. I was like, that suits me. That suits me down the ground. But she just doesn't seem to be interested in partners. But I, I wonder if it's because of what she witnessed with her dad. Because for a long time, she didn't want to grow boobs. She's very aware she doesn't want to have a beard. And she doesn't want her voice to get deeper. And we're on a very long waiting uh, list for uh, gender support. 
Ah, okay, so um, but you will go down that route. She wants to go down that route. Yeah, yeah, she completely. Yeah. So um, she hasn't changed. She's never gone back. She's scared about getting a deep voice. Scared about being hairy. So she will. She will want to take puberty blockers. Then. Yeah, yeah. So she will. The GP she has is great, and she said, you know, there's tablets you can take. So that's quite good for her. But for a long time, she didn't want boobs, and then I learned it was because of me because I've got such big boobs. I have lots of sores, and I get lots of attention, and she didn't like that. But then when she learned that she would never have that, her, her little sister might be blessed with my enormous breasts, but she won't. She'll have trans boobs, which will be smaller and they'll look natural, but they'll be smaller. She was like, okay, yes, that's what I want. But she just hadn't had the experience of normal sized weapons. So <laughs> they put the fear in her as they do in most people. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, she very much doesn't want, she doesn't want her voice getting deeper. I think we've got another year and a half on the waiting list. We did try and go private just so she could speak to someone, but her dad banned that in court. God. So she just has like play therapy. They're just ill-equipped. I mean, I can look up stuff for her, but she just needs a person who's a professional to go because she's really into science. She loves like the surgeon's hall and the anatomy museum. So she looks at how the body is made. And for her, it helps her understand something. She understands how it works. So if she has an accident and it's bleeding, she totally understands why that happens, what it means to the body. So she likes to get stuff like that. And, and so she just needs professional help and I, I mean I learn I'm learning everything I can and I'm going on courses but I'm not a professional in the area and she needs that it's such um, a long waiting list isn't it it's you know yeah. up and down the country it's the same story it's really difficult to to transition isn't it it's a very long process and I'm, I mean I'm very lucky that she's so young if this stays the way it is she will never get a deep voice her shoulders won't broaden she won't get an Adam's apple she won't have to have the surgery to go back which is so much harder yeah. And it's harder to hide. You can't, it's so much harder to be stealth if you have to kind of live with that, especially with the voice. I mean, I've, I've not talked about bottom surgery with her because it's just, it's not even an option until they're 18. It's not something she needs to think about. Mm. She has already said she wishes that she was born with a nunny. She wishes that she'd been born a girl. But a lot of that is to do with the fact that she recognises that her father would accept her more. And I did say to her, would you think about being a boy again? So he'd accept you. And she said, no, I'd rather never exist. So it's it's the the power of what she is is stronger than anything else mm. in the world. I mean, in our life, she just, you know, her bedroom's covered in butterflies and unicorns and... Great choice. Yeah, she does look like a unicorn's vomited, a drunk unicorn's vomited. Um, <laughs> like, like bright, you know, disco lights and glitter and makeup, which has been a learning curve for me because I don't wear it. So I've been having to sort of learn makeup and watch glow up with her and go, right, this is how it's done and nail varnish. And so it's definitely not, it's nature, not nurture, because... I'm just not a girl. Sounds like she'd love a pride. Have you managed to get to any yet? Or Well, we had a mini pride. We had a mini pride and we invited all our friends and we did like face painting and she asked, she encouraged everyone to do a ceremony. So we had a Kelly kettle made hot chocolate and she handed everyone a piece of paper and said, everybody put something on the paper that they want to forget about. So she drew pictures of trousers. Trousers for her are very symbolic. Hmm. In the very few times she did with her father, he would dress her as a boy. And then once she decided to wear all girls clothes at school, we had this incident where the school did a school play and asked us to put trousers on. And she got really upset and they thought she was being dramatic and she wrote to them. And I was like, I think we're all underestimating. She was five at that point. The importance of her when, when she decided not to wear trousers anymore. It wasn't trousers. This was symbolic. This is a big thing. Mm. And we kind of were very blase about it. And they were like, it's just a play. And she was like, it isn't to me. Mm. So she did all these paintings of trousers and, she, and then like one of her best friends, he did bad thoughts P put spiders um, in there. <laughs> she was three at the time. And then afterwards we all talked about it. And she that was the point when she sat down and she said to everybody, from now on, please never refer to me as when I was a boy, because I was never a boy. 
just say when I was little, just say when I was small. And it was really lovely. So we had it in the meadows underneath Arthur's seat and I was pushing them in this little bike double trolley and they were holding out the trans flag at the top and it was just really lovely. So yes, we'd love, she'd love to go to a proper pride, but there's nothing it was just everything was shut down because of COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really, wasn't it? Well, it sounded like you made a good effort anyway without having to go to yeah. as pride. But so she wants to talk about it and have all the glitter and be part and find her tribe. But she also wants to be stealth then. She doesn't want. So she wants to be stealth for people who don't know her. Yeah. So she wants to talk about it. Yeah. But she's aware that people, she's had the glimmer of, of darkness from her dad and her dad's family. Mm. So she knows that some people don't take it well. She's very savvy. I mean, she said, I'd like to learn karate or kickboxing or something so I can know how to fight. If I, because she just, I mean, she just, she just knows. I mean, I don't show her stuff. She does want to read the pink news and I kind of have to edit through it to try and find something that she can read on there because her reading ability is amazing and her understanding. So she just, she does know. And I've sort of said, well, what about we all do kickboxing together? Because it's quite good for, you know, getting centered and stuff. I don't want to dissuade her because actually I think the, the ability to fight, I mean, her the fact that she's confident and knows who she is is helping her. The fact that she's smart will help her. She's also very sociable. She's got a lot of friends. She knows how to be a good friend. But being able to kick ass would also be advantageous for both my daughters. Absolutely. My youngest is like Villanelle. She's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have just called your youngest child a serial killer. <laughs> she's a beautiful, smart serial killer. She will... <laughs> do a disclaimer when I put her in the nurseries because she is very smart very mischievous very savvy she's very kind and loving but I am glad I'm on her right side put it that way but she's very 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 defensive of her big sister and they're, they're very like they're very loyal to each other as well I mean they still kick the shit out of each other all the time but their determination to protect each other is so like above and beyond it's great but yeah so she wants to be she wants to talk about it but kind of in a safe way she doesn't want to put herself yeah, in danger I think yeah. from what i've learned about listening to other children like her they do go through the stealth phase mm. and i think it's to do with school i think it's to do with new people i think it's to do with what they hear because you know gay is still used as unkind terminology and, that, and where we are it's the people are lovely but it's very middle class farming community i mean the, the parents have been fantastic but i think it is a real struggle for what's been ingrained in them in a way, because I always talk to this with LGBT people, like quite often as LGBT people, we have to educate our parents, but yeah. you are the parent and it sounds like you're then having to educate your community because, you know, they haven't got lots of trans people, have they? No, there's one non-binary child in the area who's a similar age. I mean, the community has been good. My mum has been amazing, uh, but she is an amazing human. B really wanted a girl's world for Christmas and mum, at the time, she was a, she was a boy, so mum changed it to boy's world. So my mum's been really good and she and my dad and stepmom have been really good. And they're the ones who I think find it the hardest to understand because they're a bit more ingrained, but they have tried really hard and they slip up with the pronouns a lot. And they keep on saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, don't don't beat yourself up. This is a, a mm. new thing, but you are trying. That's what B says. If you try, that's all that matters. It's for people who don't try. She has a limit. And once that limit's reached, she's just like, nope, and won't talk. I mean, she won't talk to her, grand her paternal grandparents or her dad. And when I've said, why don't you try writing to them? And she said, because I have told them. And she has. She's written to them for years. And it's the same thing over and over again. She's like, I'm not saying it anymore. I have told them. And I'm like, God, you're stronger than I am. <laughs> I, I still pathetically stand in the corner trying to scream. And you said you weren't sure about that they didn't really want to have a partner. But I mean, they are only seven, aren't they? I mean, that, that's something that might develop. And yeah, change. that's something I've said that. And I, I'm not got a partner. I mean, I get people like, keep on saying to me, just give it time. And I'm like, 
or, or I'm just going to not have somebody and that's okay. It's not, <laughs> can it just be okay? And they can't, people really, really struggle with that. So I have that. I'm content being on my own. I didn't have a great relationships. I do have lots of friends. I've got brilliant friendships. But also I don't feel that need. I don't feel that need to be with somebody. It doesn't bother me. And maybe, I don't know, maybe later on, maybe when I have the kids, but I just, it doesn't, it isn't something I see as missing. It's not something you're going to chase, no. No, and I've got, I, I have a really full life. I get like the companionship from my friends and it's male and female friends and I just don't have a kind of the thing that I miss and that's, so I'm wondering if that's why as well. Maybe she kind of gets that yeah. vibe for me. It's funny, and, isn't it? People do get judged all the time, don't they? My sister was the same. She never really had partners and people, like my mother was always trying to send her like dating things out of the newspaper and all sorts. Yeah. Like, it's like, why? <laughs> she's happy. She, and you have to justify easy. it and it's a bit like coming out all the time. You have to kind of put it into yep. the room first. And if I have a male friend they question it and it's it's kind of yeah it is that kind of thing of no I'm single no I'm fine no it's not because I'm desperately sad and lonely I just just not thinking about it it's just not something that I'm and if I do meet someone and it happens organically that's great it's just it doesn't even come into my radar so I wonder if that's why I mean he she's talked about being a mum she doesn't talk about being married I think she'll probably just find a seed from a a, a willing man Her, but, um, it's interesting isn't it unless you fit into the stereotype you know a cisgender woman you you need to be in a man with a man then people question you don't you it's 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 mad yeah and not wearing dresses and not just yeah i kind of i don't i don't really fit into any category i found it doesn't bother me it bothers people more other people more you know they sort of say things like aren't you going to try and do this or aren't you going to try that i'm like why and then they kind of see if it's a problem and i'm like but i'm okay i think i'm I'm okay Back to this again. Like people just can't stay in their own business, can they? No, and they can't. And if if it feels they feel uncomfortable with it, and they'll sort of like if we have people over a family do, they feel like they have to invite another person. So I'm not sat on my own. I'm like I sit on my own every night. I don't. My children are usually limpeted to my face. But in my (laughs) times of freedom, it's like going out. I love going out for meals on my own. I always have and holiday on my own. Even when I was with partners, quite handy actually if you go out for a meal on your own because they think that you've been dumped or something and they give you free drinks. But like people watch and people are like, okay, and I'm like, it's great. <laughs> I'm fine. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but we should yeah, probably... <laughs> Um, so I was just thinking that normally when I speak to LGBT people, I say, you know, would you have any advice for your younger self? But it sound, it's just been fascinating hearing about me. She sounds like the most incredible young woman. So would you have any advice for any other parents that have... Um, a trans kid or a non-binary kid yeah. and don't really understand what's going on and feel a bit confused or you know unsure about what to do because it sounds like you were very headstrong and even though your partner was very anti-trans and didn't understand it you kind of had that self-belief and knowledge didn't you but what advice would you have to anyone else that didn't feel so confident maybe well i i anticipated a question of this ilk and so i asked i asked b this morning I was ah. and she just said you know i said the worst bit was her dad being told that she was wrong, being made to wear the clothes. And that put the fear in her. I think that's the whole trust. And she said, just listen. So for me, it was, I didn't have that much knowledge. I'd honestly, I remember thinking when I was younger, how can a six-year-old know? Hmm. So just list this podcast, like I said, really helped me. I went and did courses. They're not that expensive. And it's all to places like the, the Proud Trust or LGBTQ youth. So the money's going into great places. Hmm. Um, just learn, educate yourself, speak to people, ask people, because I just knew I was listening to my kid. But for me, knowing I was doing right, because you will get accusations, you will be accused of awful things. 
I won't go for any therapy, anything like that. I will speak to anybody because that helps. Get help yourself. Speak to your GP. Speak to, look up. I mean, Mermaids is good and they can direct you to people. There's loads of different, and that's, I'm not going to say smaller ones because smaller charities I know have less protection, but Mermaids is the one that is most protective and they can then direct you and LGBTQ youth. So you you know that you're not on your own and you're making the right decisions because when it is, admittedly, a lot of the stuff I got was accusations that maybe I was doing it wrong and I was making her life harder. And that in itself is such a cruel thing to say that I would do anything to make my child's life harder in this path that she is. It's not that she's chosen. This life path that she has is going to be hard. And I'm just going to be there running alongside um, trying to protect her. And while she's trying to protect me because that's the kind of girl she is. So if you have doubt, they will pick up on it. And that is the main thing. My children have no doubt about who they are. And it's because I had the support from my mum, from other people around me going, no, you're doing the right thing. So you need that to be a better parent. Don't assume that you are the best thing. Assume that you kind of have an army, ask for help and listen, listen to your kids. They're not idiots. And they pick up on so much stuff and they remember it. Trust me. (laughs) They remember the things you do when you (laughs) promise anything or say anything wrong. Uh, Yeah. And courses and things like that. Just anything. Help is good. Gosh, and talk is good, and it sounds like you're both talking a lot. And you know, I well, hopefully one day get to meet you in the flesh and go to a pride with you yes. and me. I think that would be incredible. I think that'd be awesome. We have a big trans flag on her wall, which is huge. It's like a boat. So I will, I will wear that like a cape. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful Annie there and I mean that I would love to meet Bee and take her to her first proper pride event although by the sounds of it she would out unicorn us all right I haven't mentioned our book for a while have I can you believe it has now been out for a full year it's simply called coming out stories and it's 27 of some of our favourite stories from the first couple of series. If you go to our website, comingoutstoriespodcast.com, you can find out a bit more about the book, and there are also links there to purchase it too. Right, next time round, you'll hear from Jackie. She found out her son was gay when he was just 12 after she found something that he'd hidden under his bed. Oh, yes. I had to say to him, why have you got this magazine? which I thought was a bodybuilding magazine initially. (laughs) 